Welcome to the First Baptist Barberville Weekly Sermon Podcast. At FBC Barberville, our mission is to gather, grow, give, and go. Join us for live worship on the Court Square in Barberville, Kentucky, or to learn more about our church, visit fbcbarberville.com. Here is Pastor Tyler Shields. things, I guess I will tell this from our celebration yesterday. Remix brings, and they do a fantastic job weaving the gospel into all their fun, but they bring this big old green dinosaur thing called Jiggy. I didn't know what a Jiggy was, and these kids were talking about Jiggy coming and all this stuff, and well, they get none other than Pastor Tyler out there, so we want to honor the preacher. And Jiggy's got a gift for you. And little did I know, Jiggy's going to stuff my face full of a plate full of shaving cream in front of everybody. And let me tell you, this is, it, this is what was awesome about it. As soon as that happened, there's a little girl that looks a lot like me, got so mad at Jiggy. She was ready to fight that lizard over her daddy. I thought that was pretty awesome. In our... Reading plan right now, we find ourselves toward the, toward the, <laughs> what <laughs> got me again, that was it, so uh, in our reading, we find ourselves in the book of Deuteronomy, and uh, we, we, we've covered just vast portions of God's Law And there's some fascinating stories interwoven with God's law. And Deuteronomy is a very, very important book to the whole of Scripture. It's very important to, to the Jewish folks. And in their education, they would just memorize and study vast portions of Deuteronomy. Jesus probably knew most, if not all, of the book of Deuteronomy by heart. And he referred to it quite often. The gospel writers referred back to Deuteronomy quite often. Uh, really, I don't think you can truly read the, the New Testament the way it's supposed to be read and studied apart from an understanding of Deuteronomy and the Old Testament. The writers of the New Testament refer back to just the book of Deuteronomy almost 200 times. And so it contains a reiteration of the Ten Commandments. It retains this thing called the Shema from Deuteronomy chapter 6, which the, uh, the Jews get up and, and recite this at least once, most twice a day. Oh, hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one, and all the way through. It contains the foundation for Jesus' summary of the law when Jesus was asked, what's the most important law? And he said, love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and Strength. All that's in the book of Deuteronomy. It also, and this is where we're going to be this morning, it also contains a transition from the leadership of Moses to the leadership of this young man called Joshua. From Moses leading the nation in the wilderness to Joshua taking the nation into the promised land. So this morning we'll turn to Deuteronomy chapter 31. And we're going to look at Moses handing his leadership over to Joshua. And we're going to ask ourselves this question. Who's your Joshua? The Bible says this. says, Then Moses continued to speak these words to all Israel, saying, I'm now 120 years old. I can no longer act as your leader. The Lord has told me you will not cross the Jordan. The Lord your God is the one who will cross ahead of you. He will destroy these nations before you, and you will drive them out. 
Joshua is the one who will cross ahead of you, as the Lord has said. The Lord will deal with him, them as he did Sihon and Og, the kings of the Amorites, and their land when he destroyed them. The Lord will deliver them over to you, and you must do to them exactly as I've commanded you. Be strong and courageous. Don't be terrified or afraid of them. For the Lord your God is the one who will go with you. He will not leave you or abandon you. Notice verse 7. Moses then summoned Joshua and said to him, In sight of all Israel, be strong and courageous. For you will go with this people into the land the Lord swore to give to their ancestors. You will enable them to take possession of it. The Lord is the one who will go before you. He will be with you. He will not leave you or abandon you. Don't be afraid or discouraged. Now, not everybody knows this, but my, my first name is not Tyler. Now, a lot of people that know me well know that. And Kira knows it. She, but my first name is actually Joshua. And, and for whatever reason, I've not quite figured it out, but for whatever reason, my mom decided that I needed to be named Joshua, but, but she was going to call me Tyler, my middle name. And, and I'm going to be honest, all throughout school and even into the workforce, it's been pretty confusing. Because everybody, when they look at your name on a piece of paper that doesn't really know who you are, what do you think they call me? Well, jo it's Joshua Shields. And so I decided a long time ago, if I ever get to have a son, it's kind of like that, that song, A Boy Named Sue. I decided a long ago, if I ever get to have a son, I am not going to name him anything but Joshua. And it's going to be his first name, and he's going to go by anything but Joshua. And so now we've got Joshua Easton Shields. So, this story here in Deuteronomy chapter 31, it's pretty amazing, really. Moses is now literally too old to lead the people well. And so, he, along with his generation, they've gone as far as they can go. They've done everything that they can do. They were banned by God for entering uh, the promised land. And so, now it's time for the leader of the next generation to step up and take them into the Holy Land. So there's four realities this morning I want us to, to consider. And the first one's this, is that we all have an expiration date. Again, just like last week, I'm glad you came and got that nugget. I shared with you last week, yes, our mortality rate's 100%. We're all going to die someday. I shared that last week. But perhaps worse than dying, and here's what we're talking about this morning, perhaps worse than dying would be living past our usefulness. Or doing so because we have just refused to pass the torch on to somebody else or pick up the new purpose that God has for us at that period in our life. See, John Wesley once said, God, grant that I may never live to be useless. Now, I'm not saying that because you're getting older, you're useless. What I'm saying is that as long as you're here on earth, God has a purpose for you. Just because you have outgrown what God had you doing does not mean that you just get to quit. God wants you to do something even now, even though it may not be the same purpose he had you doing earlier in life. Moses tells the people, he says, folks, look, I'm 120 years old. 
I can't do this anymore. I can't lead you anymore. And while he doesn't live very long after he tells them this, Moses still does a few things that are very purposeful and very intentional if you read on past where we're at this morning. For example, he takes the time to finish writing down God's laws just as God has given them to him. He takes the time to sit down and and teach the Levitical priest everything about the law and how they're supposed to obey it and instruct the people. He takes the time to sit down and and write a song. I thought about you when I read that, Bill. He takes the time to sit and write a song and then teach that song to the nation of Israel. He takes the time to offer a blessing for each of the tribes. And then he even climbs a mountain, folks, to get one final vision from God. And then he passes on to glory. Not only at his time for living come to an end though but Moses time for leading had come to an end and he realized that and I think one of the great tragedies for Christians today and I see so many struggling with this is trying to outlive that expiration date of the purpose or the job that God has for them not in terms of life but in the terms of the capacity in which they want to serve the Lord or even lead and I'll just here's an example I'm going to be very honest this morning Someday I will become ineffective as your lead pastor. I'm going to outgrow this job, not because I get better, but because I get older. And I'm already seeing it. There's going to come a day when I don't connect like I should with the younger generation. I see it. Easton reminds me every day of that. Joshua Easton reminds me every day of that. When that time comes, one of the worst things that I could do would be to get stubborn and refuse to move on to what the Lord has for me next. The second worst thing that I could do would be to just stop doing anything for the Lord altogether. And I see so many Christians, this is where you find yourself. You say, well, well I can't do what I once did, so, so I just won't do anything at all. I, I've just become useless. The church has moved on without me. It's their fault. It's the preacher's fault. They don't appreciate what I've done or what I've got to offer, so I'm not going to do anything at all. I want to tell you very graciously and gracefully, that is 100% incorrect. And let me add this. Not only is that wrong, but I want you to know we need you. These younger generations need you. We need your wisdom. We need your input. We need your prayers. We need your help. There's something for you to do. For the kingdom of God, just like there still was for Moses, even after he passed the reins on to Joshua. So, let's find out what that is for you. Whether it's writing or counseling or Bill is sitting down and writing those songs. Whatever that purpose is. Because we all have an expiration date. Here's the second thing. Therefore, God wants you to pass the torch. This is a big one. Moses had Joshua by his side for a very long time at this point in Deuteronomy chapter 31. He had watched Moses lead. He had watched Moses deal with the people and, and how he interacted with them. He had watched Moses talk to God. He'd listened to Moses have conversation with the Lord. And he'd learned from all of Moses' successes. And he probably learned from a lot of Moses' failures because Moses wasn't even a, a perfect man. And everything that Joshua would need to be as the next leader of Israel, either been modeled to him through Moses or had been taught to him through Moses' life. It was God's will that the people would have a new competent leader to take them on into the promised land. And so God, at the right time, wanted Moses to literally pass the torch off to this man called Joshua. 
We think about passing the torch or passing the baton when we think about the Olympic Games. And uh, I used to love running more. I love coaching running more than I actually love running now. But in a, a relay race, what basically happens is you've got a runner, a team of runners, and that first runner will take the baton, and they'll run as hard and as fast as they can run for a certain distance. And when they come back around, they pass it off to the next runner, who's fresh, who's ready to go, and they'll do that until they can't run any farther or harder, and they pass it off to the next one. And, and in 2006, this is where this came from, June 12th, 2006, SBC Pastors Conference, Greensboro, North Carolina. In 2006, Pastor Adrian Rogers, who passed away the year prior, wanted to pass the torch, the baton, to the next generation with the goal of reaching one billion souls for Christ. And let me tell you what, passing the torch or receiving the torch from Adrian Rogers is a big deal. 2006, though, that, that's my generation. That's when my generation was leaving home and getting out into the real world and trying to figure out what God wanted to do with our lives. Listen, today, God wants you to train up a Joshua in your life. And when the time is right, to pass the baton or pass the torch onto them. One of the great leadership principles of our military that distinguishes our military from many others in the world is that you are responsible for training up all of your subordinates to take your place should they have to. And I think one of the things that, that we need to do as the church is to, is to model that, to train the next person to take your job. Whatever you're doing in ministry, whatever you're doing in the church, find you a Joshua and train them up to take your place when that time comes. Because I'm telling you, God has something for you later on down the road. It's really discipleship at its finest. And you should at some point work yourself out of a job. That's my goal in everything that I do. And here's why that's important. Number three, the way that you finish matters. When it came Moses' time to, to move on, Moses could have responded a different way. Moses could have been bitter. Moses could have resented Joshua for God choosing Joshua to actually take the people to the promised land. Where Moses, 40 years earlier, wanted to take the people. Moses could have made the people you know, talk about Joshua or backbite Joshua or whatever the case may be. But what did he actually do? He actually commended Joshua to the people and then offered words of encouragement. And then he did what he needed to do, like get away and write. Teach, write a song, and let Joshua lead. So you can do all the wonderful things, all this good over the course of your life. But if you don't finish well, if you run the race as hard as you can run the race, and then you trip across the finish line, or you stumble across the finish line, or you don't finish at all, what do you think people are going to remember? What's your legacy going to be? They're going to remember how you finished. Going back to Adrian Rogers. Adrian Rogers, if you don't know that, I actually talked to somebody this morning that's like, who in the world is Adrian Rogers? He was really one of the most revered presidents of the Southern Baptist Convention. One of the finest preachers of our time. And someone wrote this about Adrian Rogers. This was actually stuffed down in this baton that was passed from him. Let me read this to you. 
It says, it's entitled, He Finished Strong. It says, you fought the fight so faithfully. You've run the race so well. You've passionately preached the word to rescue souls from hell. You've stayed the course with no remorse. The Lord will say, well done. All tears will now be wiped away when you gaze on His dear Son. O mighty man of valor, holding high the word of truth, you've championed the word of God since you were but a youth. No liberal lies, no compromise would mar you all your days. Integrity has guided you in truth. Preserve your ways. The heritage we have from you is awesome to behold. The legacy you leave to us more precious than fine gold. Our hearts will grieve, but we'll believe. Your legacy lives on. And each and every one of us, though from this earth, you are gone. We'll cherish every memory, each sermon that we've heard. We'll linger long within our hearts. We'll treasure every word. We'll run the race. We'll take your place and hold Christ's banners high. The torch of truth extinguished not until the day that we die. So lay aside your earthly house and cast away all pain and rest in sweet assurance that your work was not in vain. Your journey's done. Your victory's won. Our hero finished strong and cheers us on from the grandstand among the heavenly throng. And so, dear fellow runner, this one thing we now ask, will you take up the challenge? Will you complete the task? Baton in hand, Will be so grand to finish strong the race and bask in all the glory of our Savior's sweet embrace. You see, Adrian finished well. And not only did he finish strong, but he took the time and the intentionality to pass the torch to the next generation. Moses, yes, he had his moments of failure, but Moses finished strong and he passed the torch. On to Joshua. What about you? What, will these words be true for you one day? What kind of legacy is it that you're going to leave behind? How are you going to finish? But not only that. Here's our last question. Who are you going to pass the torch to? Who is your Joshua? You see. I believe everybody needs a Timothy. Just like Paul had a Timothy, that spiritual son in the faith that we're investing into. But I also believe that everybody needs a Joshua. Somebody that they are literally discipling and training up to take their place in the ministry. Someone who can take our job and our role and do with it what we could not do in our lifetime. And if we'll do that, our legacy that we started will live on for generation after generation after generation. So... If you're going out to witness or to visit somebody, take a Joshua along with you and teach them how it's done. If you're going out and you're driving the bus, take somebody with you and teach them how to deal with bus kids. If you're out here cooking or taking food to someone, take somebody and teach them how it's done. Find your Joshua and train them up like you wish somebody would have trained you so many years ago. Now, who's your Joshua? You know who my primary Joshua is, first and foremost? It's little Joshua. My children are my primary Joshua. Your children are your primary Joshua. But then extend that influence to somebody else in your life and train them up. Make disciples where you go. Now, 
that's that, and that's, that's good stuff. I encourage you to find your Joshua. But here's where I would be remiss as your pastor and a preacher if I stopped there. Where is Christ in Deuteronomy chapter 31? We're not leaving here without the gospel today. So here's the connection. Joshua could do what Moses could not do. Joshua could defeat enemies that Moses could not defeat. Joshua could fight battles and go to places that Moses could not do, go to. Many years later, another Joshua or Yeshua would appear on the stage. And Jesus, think about this, Jesus would do what we could not do. Jesus or Yeshua would do what the law of Moses could not do and accomplish. Jesus would be the righteousness that we could not be. He would defeat sin and death that we could not defeat. And He would take us to the promised land called heaven if we repent and believe in Him. So if that's you, first of all this morning, if that's you and you don't know Jesus, don't let that be your legacy. Don't let your, be, don't let your legacy be one of lostness. And unbelief. You can't lead your children or anyone else for that matter in the right direction if you yourself are lost and without Christ. And if that's you, you need to stop where you are this morning and be saved. Second of all, if you're good and you're saved, don't allow the good that God has done through you to stop with you. Pass that on to the next generation. Don't stand in the way of God using the next Joshua. Listen, I've been spending a lot of time with some of the next generations, with our college students, with some of our youth. And let me tell you something, church. I am very comfortable about where they're headed. They are some strong young men and women. And we just need to tap into to their energy and their godly vision for the future and encourage them and train them on the way to go. So who are you pouring into? Who are you investing into? Maybe you're here this morning and you feel like you've reached that point in your life and you really don't know what you're supposed to be doing anymore. Well, don't, don't just stop. Let's pray about it. Let's find what God wants to do with you and through you in this new season of life so that you can finish strong and finish well. If that's you this morning, I just encourage you to pray about that. If you've lost that... That, that wind and that vigor that you once had, take some time and just ask God to give you that second wind as you run your race to the finish line. Let's stand together as we close in prayer. Father, I thank you that your plans and your purposes go far beyond even our lives that are so finite. Really, they're so short, God. And even though we may see you do so many wonderful things in our lives and through our lives and, and, and what we do for you, God, I know that your plans are so much bigger. And God, I pray that you would help us to find that one that we're supposed to pass the torch to. Find that one that we can train and invest into and, and share wisdom and, and pray for and encourage. Help us to find our Joshua. And God, I pray that you would help us to be unified across all the generations. That God, that we would understand that it, it takes not just the young generation or the middle generation or the older generation. God, we all need each other. God, we need the wisdom of those later in years. God, we need the maturity of those who have already been there and gone through it. But God, we need the energy and the new vision from those that are younger. 
God, teach us how we can collaborate together for your kingdom. And God, most of all this morning, if there's someone here that doesn't know Jesus, God, everything else we've talked about is secondary. First and foremost, they need a relationship with Christ because if they die today, they'll spend an eternity in hell. And that will be their legacy. And God, I pray that's not the case. Lord, if someone needs to be saved this morning, I pray you give them faith today and they'd be saved. In Jesus' name, amen. So we sing a closing song of invitation. If you need to come and pray, you need to pray about what God wants to do in your life, how God might use you. If you need to be saved this morning, or if you need to follow Harlan's example into the waters of baptism, why don't you come as we sing? Thanks for listening to the weekly sermon podcast. Please subscribe, but also join us live in person on the Court Square in Barberville or find us on YouTube by searching FBC Barberville, on Instagram at first underscore Baptist underscore Barberville, on Twitter at Barberville FBC, or on our Facebook page, First Baptist Barberville.